Blog Talk Radio. Broadcasting from Atlanta, Georgia, this is The Bright Side with Technisha. A daily broadcast on real-life issues that will keep you motivated. And now, here's your host, Technisha. Good afternoon, everyone. Uh, Happy Wednesday, as I'm going to keep saying every day is a happy day here on the Bright Side with Technisha. Thank you for tuning in. I'm your host, Technisha, and today is September 3rd, 2014. We're starting off a fresh start in September, and thank God that you're here with me to get you motivated and to keep you bright and keep your self-esteem up and everything else um, besides the stuff that I actually sometimes catch on TV. Other than that, anyhow, we're going to get our day started because we have a wonderful guest, and luckily I'm glad God brought him to the show to share his expertise with us and to share his beautiful, beautiful book that he has coming out the 22nd of this month called Understanding because a lot of times we do not understand certain things and we need an answer for everything. We want to know this. We want to know why this occurred, and we quite can't not get to the other side or get over the hump to that answer. So with me today is Pastor Dr. Shane Wall with his book that he will be explaining about called Understanding, and it's a wonderfully rare Christian book calling us to reflect on one's understanding of life. And as I said, it's set for release September the 22nd, 2014 of this year. So I hope everyone is ready for this pastor, and I hope that you're ready to get an understanding in your life, to get knowledgeable in the principles of finances. It doesn't mean you become a millionaire, but you're going to have knowledge plus the understanding. Do call in at 347-426-3751. I will keep the chat box open for you to leave your comments. When you do call in, let's keep it at a minimal. We're not going to overshout anyone because, as, as always, we're a reasonable adult, and that's the way we're going to act on this show. So I'm going to bring Dr. Shane Wall on in. Pastor Wall, how are you today? I'm blessed, Agnesia. How are you? I'm doing wonderful. Which one do you like? Do you like me called doctor or pastor? Oh. It doesn't matter. Whatever you're most comfortable with is fine. I know that's why you like me. It don't matter. As long as you give me a name, as long as not too, as long as you're not throwing me under the bus with any type of old name, calling me anything else besides what my mother named me or what God preferred to give me, then I'm all right. But I'm glad that you're on the <laughs> show today. <laughs> I am. I'm glad that Thank you're on the you. show today. Uh, Pastor, to really just give us an understanding of things. And how I obtain my information on you is because I love black news, and I'm always getting emails from them. And it just really struck me that you hit on a target that most of my coworkers and I talk about every day, about the fact that a lot of us black people get upset, and this comes through history, and I have mentioned it on my previous shows before. We're upset because that's the only way we know how to express ourselves, especially with the matter with Michael Brown, another young man gone too soon from us, and we get upset. We don't know another way to react, and, of course, white people don't react the same way we do. They be like, uh, I'm not going to do this. <laughs> I'm going to sit back and watch you cut a food jump around like spider monkeys, and then we're going to pull out the hoses like we did in the 70s, and we're going to shut you down. Because they're laughing. They're actually laughing at, uh, at us, and that's what the enemy does. The enemy is letting us react. They love to see you react to this. Sure, go on ahead. Go on that burn down quick trip and everything else around you. And I don't condone violence, but I know that that comes from history. That's how we respond. We can't help that. But I that's think right. that we have to do I think we have to get to understand, as I had another um, gentleman on my show was talking about the Bible and the Bible prophecy, we have to get to understand and we have to get back to our morals and values where we need to start praying because we're losing. Amen. We're losing sight. We are, we are losing totally sight. Yes, it's okay to be upset, but at the same time, we don't get control. You're not going to be the only one losing your, your – Michael Brown's not going to be the only one who is gone. They're going to start – they're going to already start killing you off, too. That, and that's why I said we black people, we have to come together and start thinking smart. That's the only solution. Think smart and stop 
stop jumping to react so quickly because violence is not the way to do it. What, how long are we going to keep doing this, though, Pastor? We're going to keep doing the violence over and over. You kill me, I kill you. That's not the way it's going to keep working. And we, we know it's been going on for decades, but we got to bring a stop to it. So that's why I want to ask you, what are some things that we can actually do to bring this to a stop? Because we, we don't know any other solutions. We hear the answer to praying, but that's, that seems like it, it doesn't work for us. Totally understood. There is a saying, an age-old saying, that war and peace, concerning war and peace, in the time of peace, that's when you prepare for war. Now, what has happened is uh, our communities, and you know how it says it takes a village to raise a child, and I also believe that it takes a church to raise that village. So we have to step up as pastors and church leaders to teach congregations how to face circumstances that are unfavorable towards us. Uh, So many times because we did have to fight for freedom and our uh, counterparts did not, they respond to situations differently, of course, than we do. So what we have to do is we have to teach, we have to train, we have to impart wisdom and knowledge while things are calm, while everything is, quote, unquote, going well, everything is cool, everything is A-OK. Those are the times where we impart and we give that wisdom. Uh, The Bible teaches the older women to teach the younger women, and the older men are to be mentors and to train the young men. This is what we're lacking right now. It's everyone is focused on a situation once it gets out of hand, but we need to train and really instill it, really almost impart and install it into the spirits of the youth that is so installed, it's like the stomach is installed in your body, that this is how you respond to a situation that you may deem as negative or offensive to you. So much so until it becomes innate. It becomes automatic. Right, and I do agree. I do. You make some interesting points here. And as I said before, it's a touchy subject when you're getting into racism, regardless, because it's going to, it is this, which I don't understand why, because if you look at it, everyone has a little bit of black in them. We're all, we all have been taken away from our homeland and separated. And when you really get into your Bible, as my coworker always tell me, you really start finding out your true identity. Because we really, to me, we don't have identity. Every other culture has something that they could cherish except us. And you get into it, you start finding out who the real Jews are and everything. But I don't know if I want to go that deep into it. But I think that because of lack of communication, especially just in the U.S., is the reason why we see so much racial tension. And as you said, the church, the church got to be the point, the main point of it all that brings that community together. And and it seems like Sunday to be the most segregated day of them all. We all got to start getting back into our Bible because God is in the same room with us. And I'm sure he's ashamed of it all. If, if he could really just come down here right now and strike some of us, he probably would. And we realize that people tend to say, well, if Abilene can free the slaves, conservatives are for people of color, or if the president hires blacks and Hispanics, then he must not be a racist. Oh, uh, so I don't know. And to me, I think, do, do you think that, Pastor, that whites may see race in a different light than us? I'm more than certain that they do. Of course, you will have uh, quite a few people who will say, well, uh, Even though I'm white, I like my quote-unquote black brothers and sisters. Some white people literally do not see race. And because we are Christians, Jesus never told us to love only those who are of our race. He told us to even love our enemies. And we cannot in our own selves declare someone an enemy just because of the color of their skin. That's from black to white or from white to black. Because 
if, if truth be told, when you become a Christian, when you give your life to God, your race is a kingdom citizen, and that's it. And once you have become a kingdom citizen, then your culture becomes that of the word of God. Because if the black culture states that if somebody does something to you, you need to fight back because that's been our history. But the word of God teaches that if you are a kingdom citizen and somebody does something to you, you are to love them and pray for them, which culture has the greatest influence on your life? The word of God says that we are born again. We are a new creature when we are in Christ. So that nullifies any type of culture involvement that we may want to include in our responses simply because of the fact I'm saved. Whatever God says goes. That's the understanding that I get. And so many people, Technisha, so many people have an opportunity to show the love of God. It's easy to show the love of God when everything is favorable to you, when you're happy. A few years ago, I studied the word happy, and it comes mm-hmm. from a Greek word, hap, that means good luck or favorable circumstances. And most people don't consider themselves happy unless something good is happening to them. But the Bible says happy is that people whose God is the Lord. I don't care if a negative situation comes up. I gave my life to God. So that means I don't have my life anymore. God has it. He said, cast all your care on me because I care for you. All of our cares are on God. Now, I'm not naive to think that situations that come up, I don't have to respond at all because I do know that God uses us. But God, nor Jesus, will jump down off of their throne to come down here to earth to do a thing. But the Holy Spirit is here, and he, the Holy Spirit, is the one who leads us, who guides us so that we will get the correct understanding. In my book, Understanding All Success is Attained by It, I talk about the five levels of understanding. Of course, we don't have time to go through all of them, but a lot of people lean on level two, their own understanding, and they trust in and they're confident in their own understanding. Whatever I say goes. This is what they did to me, so this is what I'm going to do for them. Eye for an eye, tooth for tooth. Yes, in Leviticus, that was told. God said that if, if somebody causes a blemish or some hurt on somebody, then that same blemish or hurt needs to be done to them. If you broke somebody's arm, then the judgment is your arm must not be broken. But that's the old covenant. We're in the new covenant now. Jesus said to love. If somebody takes your coat, give them your overcoat. If somebody slaps you, turn the other cheek. We are to right. show love and to be humble. And that does make sense. And I was thinking about when you went back to the point that when you become a Christian, race is not such a matter. And that brings me to this question. If the race of Jesus does not matter, then why do people – they get so hyped up when you say that Jesus was black or Jesus was white. And then it comes to the point, what difference does it make? We're all the same. You're, you're my brother regardless. That's what Martin Luther King wanted us to understand when he was giving his speech. We are all, you're my brother, you're my sister. I don't care what color you are. By the end of the day, we all have to stick together. We're a big community. But why, why do you think people just get mad when you say that? Because, you know, people go into the Bible, they read about it. He, he had wool hair. He had the brass feet. So that brings up an issue. The reason why, Technicia, that people get angry whenever race is brought up, and when I say people, it's a certain sect of people, a certain type of people, is because that's what they have been taught. It is literally just that simple. We go through time. Time brings influence. Influence creates a decision. Decision fathers every action, and every action has a result. So when you see two kids in a family 
One excels like crazy. The other one becomes a drug addict. What happened? They were shown to both love, given the same opportunity. What happened? It was influence. What we allow to influence us. Why do certain people get mad in the white community or in the black community when race is brought up? Because that's what they've been taught to do. There are some people that are, that are taught whenever you itch, you scratch with your fingernail. There are others who are taught there are pathogens or germs under your fingernails. So whenever you itch, don't scratch, but rub so that you won't get it infected. However you've been taught, that's how you're going to respond to a situation that presents itself. And that's what's happening. Going back to what I said originally, we're not training. We're not teaching. Uh, it's, it's almost like potty training. Potty training is not telling a toddler, whenever you feel the urge to use the bathroom, let me know, go in there, you have your little toilet, do it. And the second time that they don't do it, you blow up at them, ready to spank them like crazy, because you say, I told you what to do. Telling and training are two totally different things. The Bible says train up a child in the way that he should go, and when he grows old, he won't depart. A training is repetitive over and over until you get it. It's not that you're slow, but we need to instill it. It needs to be installed in you like your lungs are installed in your chest until it's automatic. Breathing becomes automatic. Somebody calls you the N-word, you automatically respond with love because you have to denote, I belong to God. God cares for his people. Jesus said, even if you offend the least of my little ones, it is better for you that a millstone be hung around your neck and you be cast in the depths of the sea than to offend the least of my little ones. So because God cares for me and he doesn't like anybody messing with his kids, when you mess with me, I've got to pray for you because my father is about it. God is about it. He is not just going to let you dog me out. As a matter of fact, the Bible says that God laughs. What is an occasion where God laughs? The word of God clearly states that when somebody tries to set a snare, a trap for one of God's own, he laughs. God laughs because he sees that the one who is perpetrating that trap, he sees that his day of being trapped is coming. So God looks out for us. We don't have to be offended. We don't have to go out in the streets and loot. We don't have to do any of that. God takes care of us. Go home. Care for your children. Pray. Let God's judgment prevail. In this case with Michael Brown, in the case of Trayvon Martin, in any case, let God's judgment prevail. And when you pray for the judgment of God, no man will be able. Because you're upset with the guy. Yes, your anger is coming out, yes. But at the same time, you got to let this case run its own course. We cannot get over-exaggerated about it. We're upset. We want answers. We don't understand why the dash tape wasn't shown. We we don't understand, but we got to let it run its course. And in and, and all due respect, because I'm a black person myself, but... He is innocent or proven guilty. I'm sorry. That's, That's it. the way it it's is. Just that simple. Man is proven guilty to innocent no matter what we think about him right now. You still have to give him the benefit of the doubt. We cannot go ham wire. And and I do agree with Pastor on that. God, Jesus, he takes it personally when someone abuses his children. So if the man done wrong, he's going to get his. We got to step back and let God do what he has to do. Vengeance is his, said the Lord. And when the Israelites, Israelites were being prosecuted, God took it very personally. And when he led them out of Egypt and the Pharaoh's army was in hot pursuit, Moses told them, the Lord will fight for you. You need only to be still. And that's what they always, what they always say, peace be still. And you do. It's God's battle to fight. It's not ours. It's, it's God's battle to fight. And saying he loves to take the children of God. But God got the last final say. We just have to stand back and hold on. I know it's pressure, but that's what we got to do. We have to hold on. We got to be strong. But now, get into your book more, because I, I love it, understanding. It's simple, but it's, it's so detailed. What exactly is understanding, Pastor? 
Understanding is revealed insight. And, and, and I'd like to thank you, Technicia, for uh, your kind words concerning the book because that's what God wants us to get. Of course, the Word of God says, in all thy getting, get understanding. And understanding is revealed insight. You know, a lot of times what we do in life, what we do in life is we have the opportunity to face challenges. Challenges are coming every single day, trying to be successful, whether it's being a success at getting a splinter out of your hand or managing a Fortune 500 company, you need and all of us need understanding. Now, for the Christian, understanding is whatever God says. Whatever God says is the understanding. No other thought is needed. You know, a lot of times God will say something to us and we try to figure it out and we try to think it through and how is this going to happen? No. Whatever God says, that is the understanding because any time we try to figure it out or ponder on it or think on it or try to dissect it, at that point we are leaning to our own understanding. And God has already put all the thought needed into what he has said. So he doesn't need our finite minds to try to conjure up some type of thought to, quote, unquote, help God out. Whatever God says is the understanding. And when we act on just that and fully believe what God has said, success will always, always be the result in any area of life. Right. We just got to get out of the way and let him take care of it. Now, how do we let God handle it? Isn't there something we need to do, though? Most definitely. What we have to do is to wait until God gives us instructions. Uh, there are several times people come up to me and they say, Pastor Wall, you can hear the voice of God so clearly. How can I hear the voice of God so clearly as you do? And one, one thing that I tell them is I say, you have to understand that God speaks whenever he wants to, and the second thing, which is very, very important, if God is saying nothing to you, that's what he wants you to do. Nothing. Nothing. That's the understanding because we are the ones who are worried. We are the ones who are frantic. The, the bill collector says that we're coming to repossess your car. So we get frantic. God isn't frantic. God isn't fearing. He is in perfect peace. So if he says, I'll take care of it, you can't say, well, God, they said they'll be here at 2 o'clock. It's 1230 now. It doesn't matter. Right. It, <laughs> the understanding is whatever God says. And, and the main thing he always tells us, you've got to love your enemies. Do good to those who hate you. Bless those who curse you. Pray for those who mistreat you. And as Pastor said, if they strike you on one cheek, turn to him the other also you know, that's right. And I think you'll find that in Luke chapter six, twenty-seven through thirty, and even in verse thirty-five. But love your enemies, do good to them, and lend to them without expecting to get anything back. Then your reward will be great, and you will be sons of the Most High, because He is kind to the ungrateful and wicked. So, if anybody's out there listening, please do. You, you got to listen. You got to hear. But to, in order to hear the Lord, you got to remain still. You got to become humble, and your heart got, has to be pure. So these are just things, you know. Yes, we are. We going into it because we, Pastor, and I want everyone to get to understand that I may need to understand it myself. We we all have our faults, so I, that's why I said I'm glad you're on here, so we can all get a little uplifting. Now, praise God. Thank you. I know, right? It feels good to get every word of God. You don't just need them on Sunday. You need them every day. Now, Pastor, you say that it's easy to understand God. How can anyone understand God? You know, some people can't see him. You have your atheists <laughs> out here. So. You're right. You're right. And, and not only that, Technicia, but there are a lot of people who say that God is their father and, and he is their Lord, Lord, of course, meaning owner. How can we understand God? You know, I've said that so many times that we can't understand God, and most times when I present that to a congregation, uh, you immediately get the look on your face. Uh, the, the face is like, 
You can understand God. No, you can't. He's complex. I mean, he is God. But the word of God is very clear. God talks about himself through his prophet Jeremiah in Jeremiah 9. When he says, do not glory, don't boast, don't let the skillful or wise person boast in his wisdom or the strong person in his strength or the rich person in his wealth, but who glories? All those who glory or boast, let them boast in this. Verse 24, that they understand and know me personally, practically, directly discerning my character. We can know God. And he breaks it down. I, I, of course, because of time, can't go through all of it. But this is so important. He says, this is me. He's describing himself. And all this is in my book, Understanding. He says, I am the Lord, number one. I practice loving kindness, number two. I practice judgment and righteousness in the earth. For in these things I delight. God literally in just one verse gave us his bio. He gave us his autobiography in just one verse. He told us about himself to give us perfect understanding. Number one, he says, I'm the Lord. As I said earlier, in the, in the Old Testament and New Testament, Lord means owner. And it's very clear in Psalm, uh, of course we know that Psalm 23, 1 says, the Lord is my shepherd, I shall not want. But Psalm 24, 1 says, the earth is the Lord's and the fullness thereof, the world and they that dwell therein, because Lord means owner. When somebody owns a building and they rent rooms out, they are called the landlord. Lord is ownership. So he said, the first thing you need to understand about me is that I'm the Lord, and I practice loving kindness. So when you pray to me and ask me to kill the person that did something to you, you need to understand I practice loving kindness. I also practice judgment. So whenever something happens, as we were talking about the black community and, and how we respond, because history says to us freedom is precious and we have to fight for it. But the fight has already been won. We've already won. Laws have been passed. All is well. We don't have to fight anymore. Let God's judgment rule because that's how he is. He will judge. Then he says, I practice righteousness in the earth. So Anytime we do anything outside of righteousness, then we're not going to be in the stead of God. We're not going to be parallel with him. We're not representing him properly. And then he says this, which is very powerful. For in these things I delight, says the Lord. Of course, Jeremiah 9.24. This is why God is the way he is, because that's what he delights in. That's what makes him happy. Why do you think we like the things we like? Why do you think we are the way we are? Because that's what we delight in. There's another point that I've made concerning understanding God. This is the quickest way, Technicia, that we can change people. When you know somebody uh, has a smoking habit or some other habit that you know is not good for them or an ungodly habit, the quickest way to change anybody from what is harming them or just what is bad, period, unto good, is we have to change their perception of what they delight in so that they'll turn their delight into hatred. The Word of God is very clear about the things that God hates, but these are the things that he delights in, and he says, this is who I am. The things that I delight in is who I am. So that's how we understand God based on his own words. Amen, amen, Pastor. I do agree with you all the way, and I think the only one way to really know God is to understand his ways because a lot of times we don't take out the time to really get in God's favor. You have to actually, and literally, just sit at his feet to really just know him, and you'll find that also in Exodus, um, if I'm saying it correctly, the verse um, 33, chapter 33, verse 13 says, if you are pleased with me, teach me your way so I may know you and continue to find favor with you. 
but we're going to hold that thought. We're going to come back with Pastor Wall, and we're going to get into talking about the five levels of understanding what the Holy Spirit meant to him and everything. So don't touch that doubt. You stay tuned for an episode of The Bright Side with Technician. We'll be right back after this. There's only one station that will keep you happy. Blog Talk Radio. We're taking more of your calls at 347-426-3751. Stay tuned. We'll be back after this commercial break. Ever wonder what makes us, the Smurfs, so happy? The forest, of course. This is where we, along with the beautiful forest creatures, make our home with beautiful plant life, clean water, and endless adventures. It's a place to celebrate. So discover the forest with your family today. Visit discovertheforest.org to find a forest near you. Brought to you by the U.S. Forest Service and the Ad Council. All right, we're back for the second round on the Bright Side with Technician, and we're here with Pastor Wall. But before we get into Pastor Wall, um, they have just reported that the Islamic militant group ISIS cut off the head of another American journalist um, in a video made public Tuesday following through on a threat it made when it beheaded this America two weeks ago and vowed to keep killing unless the United States stopped airstrikes. The journalist Stephen Joe Fotloff was beheaded in a video made public by Fight Intel Group, which monitors jihadist organizations. The video surfaced days after Salah's mother pleaded with the leader of ISIS. So my heart goes out to this. It just, it just really brings so much to you over here. And we're not even over there, but it has to touch home somewhere that this is going on and there's nothing that we can do. So I hope that the situation can die down before it just escalates and we keep losing more Americans. So I hope whoever else is over there, please, God, let them just come back home. That's why I think it was a reason to have Pastor Wall on so we could get an understanding as well as for the mothers who are losing their sons over there as well. So I hope this touch home and can hit everybody today. But Pastor Wall is explaining about his book, Understanding, how to obtain it, we could be successful so many ways besides just having an outrage over things. So do call in at 347-426-3751. Now, before we got off air, we were talking about how one can understand God. Now, that brings me to the next question. What are the five levels of understanding, Pastor? Ah, uh, yes. I, I kind of uh, mentioned it earlier, the five levels of understanding. Level number one is no understanding. Uh, level number two, your own understanding. And, of course, these go up in sequence. After your own understanding, we grow to good understanding. And from good understanding, of course, we grow to great understanding. And then level five is perfect understanding. And in my book, Understanding, I talk about these levels and I have scriptures, a scripture for each one of the levels and break it down because it's always good to know where we are in life. When you know where you are in your understanding and you can see where you need to be, it helps us. It helps us to analyze where we are. Why is it that we keep experiencing failures? It's simply because we're not taking our time to get an understanding. And with the five levels of understanding, we have the opportunity to say, I need to grow. I right now am at my own understanding, so I need to grow go up to good understanding, which is found in Proverbs 3, 3, and 4. The Bible says, let not mercy and kindness, shutting out all hatred and selfishness and truth, shutting out all deliberate hypocrisy and falsehood, forsake you. Don't let mercy and kindness forsake you. Bind them about your neck. Write them upon the tablet of your heart. So shall you find favor, good understanding, and high esteem in the sight of God and man. And that is absolutely remarkable because so often we want mercy and kindness shown to us, but the Word of God commands us that we have to show that kindness. 
we have to show that mercy. And once it becomes habitual, once it becomes a ready response that we give, then we have that good understanding. Now, I also like the next level because it shows how we can become cool and and laid back and really putting our total reliance on God. That's level four, great understanding. Proverbs 14.29 says, He who is slow to anger has great understanding, but he who is hasty of spirit exposes and exalts his folly. So when we are slow to anger, when you see people who just, the smallest thing just sets them off, they don't have great understanding. And when you see somebody who is hasty of spirit, they show their folly. And you see people standing by like, oh, my goodness, they got mad over that. So it behooves each of us to look at ourselves. If you're one and you say, well, my grandmother was a hothead and my mom was a hothead, so it came to me. Well, we talked about that earlier. When you become a Christian and you give your life to God, there's no more hotheads, and you can't use that as an excuse. Get the understanding. Settle down. Let God handle it the way he needs to handle it. Or if you're going to handle it, you don't have to handle it with being so irate and so boisterous. But he who is slow to anger has great understanding. There are five levels to understanding, uh, of course, in my book, and oh. I just appreciate this opportunity because I didn't write this book because I just want money, want money, want money. No, God gave me a message, and I ministered and ministered, and so many people started coming to me with testimony after testimony. And the Lord said to me, you have to put this message in a book. I want it to go out everywhere. I want to get this message out. I'd never heard a message on understanding. A friend of mine who's preached in over 60 countries and been in services in over 60 countries, he said, saying, I've never even once heard a sermon on understanding. And all this glory goes to God because I didn't think this up. This is something that God gave to me, and it's blessing so many people. It's not even out yet, but they are hearing the messages, and they're, they're uh, on our website, understandingnow.com. If you subscribe to our email list, you'll get the introduction and the first two chapters for free. And I'm getting testimonies from that technician. It's a blessing because people want to get understanding. They want success in their family life, at work. Uh, Some people have a side business. Even dealing with their own issues, they want to be successful. And understanding is the key to all success. As a matter of fact, if you think of anybody who you deem successful, I guarantee you say they're successful because of something that they understand well. I guarantee it. Whoever you say is successful, it's because they understand something. Understanding is God's ultimate key and, some may say, secret to all success. And Chapter 20 in your book is definitely on point. Like, I know that you have to read all the way through just to get to that chapter, but Chapter 20 is just so real. It just really hits home about success from understanding. And I was just talking to a, because I work as a waitress, and I was talking to a customer about a guy I know of, and he always mentioned, oh, I, I got this, and I go around the world, and I do this. It kind of almost tried to belittle me, like, okay, you don't do this, and you don't have that. And I know when my time comes, it will come. And it might not be my time, but whatever. But I was thinking about that part when you said, even if we have money, cars and clothes, we don't have true success until God grants it to us. Having his understanding is a great part of having success in him, and especially the part when you said, um, it is often said that people in actual fact don't know what they want. Following our own understanding, success may lead us to our desires, but not necessarily to our fulfillment. This is why many times in life we work hard for something, and months later we find ourselves saying, hmm, is this really what I want? And it made me question myself because I worked hard to get my degree in communications, but now I'm thinking, like, was that my own fulfillment? Is that because that's something I always wanted ever since being 12, and I'm 31 now? I'm like, 
maybe is, is that what God wanted? And I, I do, I question that now, Pastor. Like, is that what is that what I want or is that what God wanted for me? I'm so confused sometimes when it comes to that. I try not to always play the blame game or throwing up, well, maybe it's God's will that I'm not in this position. I, I'm, I'm lost. I really am when it comes to that. And I'm so confused. I feel well, like I'm sabotaging. Well, let me say this to you, that whenever we have something in our heart that we really, really, really enjoy, and we believe that God has called us to that for you, okay, I I have my degree in communications, and I don't see the success that I would like to see in in this field for my life. I'm not doing what I thought that I would do. I'm not where I thought that I would be. Again, back to understanding. Understanding is whatever God says. So most times what we do is we say, well, Lord, I don't know. Now that I'm not getting what I thought I would get, was this even your will? What we have to be careful of is not supposing that what we do is going to give us a particular result because, again, we're leaning to our own understanding. Technician, you could be right where, and I believe, you're right where God wants you to be. God is the one who controls everything, especially when we humble ourselves and allow him to have that control. When we give our lives to God, we go to him and we say, Father, this is what I've done. I'm not getting the result that I wanted. And we end there. We should, the next verse of what we say, I say verse, it's almost like we're, we're quoting because we say it so much. Father, what do you want me to do? What do you have for me? I do have this degree. Now what? What do you want me to do? Am okay. I where I need to be? And if he says nothing, then you do nothing. Say, okay, Father, well, I thank you. Like Paul said in the New Testament, I've learned to be content right where I am. I've learned to be satisfied right where I am. And I promise you on the authority of God's word, Technisha, as the Holy Spirit is speaking to me now concerning you, when you go to God and you present your case to him, your life, because the Holy Spirit says, that you pour out your heart to him. But now this is what he wants you to do. The Holy Spirit wants you to just simply spend that time of listening, just listening. And he told me to tell you specifically to write down what you hear. Just simply write down what you hear from the Lord. And what that's going to do, it's going to open you up to his heart for his daughter. And you're going to hear his instructions and his love for you so plainly, so clearly, and everything that he says, you're going to believe. That's how you get understanding, by believing. You believe what he says is true, and you'll hold on to that paper or in your tablet or even copying it in an email on your phone, emailing it to yourself. Whatever you hear God say, that is what you believe. And that will be your foundation and the building upon your foundation from, the, from this point to the rest of your life because technician God loves you and he cares for you and he cares for your cares. That's why he's given us something to do in the earth and he takes care of us. He doesn't want us worried or troubled about our own selves. As a matter of fact, Jesus said, let not your heart be troubled. Don't let it be troubled. When your heart starts to get troubled, you have uh -uh, no heart. No, you will not get troubled. Let not your heart be troubled. So that is what we have to do. We have to take an active role in saying, Father, this is what you're saying. This is what you said. I humble my will. As Jesus said in the Garden of Gethsemane, not my will, but thy will be done. It may be hard to believe. But Jesus had a separate will from God the Father. That's why he said, not my will, but thy will be done. And it's okay. He didn't sin by saying that. It's not a sin whenever we have a different will from the Father. 
But it is a sin when we act on that and we ignore what God says. When we ignore, we become ignorant. We fail to get all of the knowledge, the wisdom and understanding that God has for our lives because we choose to ignore him. Many times don't even give him a chance to speak to us because we pray what we want, say amen, and amen usually means bye, peace, deuces, see you later. We don't give him an opportunity to talk back. I teach all the time that prayer is not a speech. It's a conversation. From Genesis to Revelation, you see God said, and they said back to God. Then God said, then they said back to God. We treat prayer as a speech. We go to God, we talk to him. After we're done, again, we say amen, that's it. But God wants a conversation. So as we open ourselves, write down what he says, listen to him. Sit sometimes in prayer just to listen, and you will get understanding from God that will bring success in every area of your life. Well, thank you for that. I, I needed that, and because I Praise didn't God. have that posture, so I thank you so much for that, Pastor. Now, also in your book, what did the Holy Spirit mean when he said to you, you don't need money, money needs you? <laughs> I remember that. Well, what happened is I was going through a situation, and I didn't have the finances that I need, the money that I need needed to take care of a particular bill. So I just casually said to God, oh, God, I need some money, because that's the way I talk to God. I don't go in some format or whatever. I just talk to him as, as, as child to father. I said, God, I need money immediately. The Holy Spirit spoke back to me. He said, son, you don't need money. Money needs you. Then he began to deal with me. He said, if you take, and I, I work at a credit union, and I've seen millions of cash dollars in my life and, and other places of, with finances that I've worked. I've seen millions of dollars in cash. And so he, he, he knew how to really get it to me. He said, if you take a million cash dollars and put it on a table, what could that money do? I said, nothing. That's right. You don't need money. Money needs you. Money needs you to invest it, to spend it, or donate it. You have to get God's understanding about what to do with money. Technicia, when we get God's understanding concerning money, we will realize that money needs us. And when we look at it that way, God can trust us. When we further that particular perspective of money and start acting of only according to what God says, only according to how he wants that money handled, then we can reap more. Just like Jesus gave that parable of one had one talent, which is a piece of money, one had two talents, one had five talents, the one with five doubled the money, one had two doubled the money, one with one talent hid it in the earth, buried the money. And so then when the master came to see what they had done with what he had given them, they had to present what they had done. God wants us to have this mentality of, Father, you are Lord. This money belongs to you. It's not, I got $500, I've given my tithes and offerings, and I can do whatever I want to do with the rest. No, you cannot. 100% of the money belongs to God. He just told us to take our tithes and offerings and give it to the church, but we still have to circumspectly walk softly before God and say, Father, what do you want me to do with the rest of this money? Technicia, okay. I've, heard, I've heard this so much, where people uh, sit in church, and you can just see it on their faces sometimes. You may ask for a particular offering um, to help our prison ministry or this, that, and the other, and they look like, mm -mm, no, the money I have is for my cell phone bill. My question is this. Why do you have your cell phone bill money in church? Why haven't you paid your cell phone bill? You know? So we have to look at money in such a way that we take our time and we budget ourselves. Bring a budget before God. Father, this is what my plans are. 
what do you want me to do? Why do I have this extra money? We want to be debt-free, but as soon as we get extra money, we don't put it towards the debt. We go buy extra stuff. Right. And so then we go back. So that, I was that, just going to say, we so go he, back to God and we cry out to him, Lord, deliver right. me from debt. So is that what it means in the Bible when it says to pay yourself first? Because I remember when the customer was telling me, they said, well, who do you pay first? And I, I wasn't catching on to the Bible part because I have to really get back in to read it and learn the Bible. I really do myself. I'm not even going to sit here and feel. And he was, I was like, with my light bill. He was like, no. Both of them attacked me. They said, no, you pay yourself first. And I was like, sometimes that's hard when you say pay yourself first because my mind is, okay, if I don't pay this bill, then we might not have these lights on. I'm thinking about my daughters. So I'm always thinking of pay the bills first. But I do, I did understand them. I wasn't, I wasn't slow or nothing. But, and I do. Because you have to take, I, I guess in one way, if I'm making it any sense, is to take care of yourself because self-preservation is always first in any matter, regardless, because I do want to save. I want to make sure I have a retirement plan saved up, make sure I have something enough for my daughters when I leave this world, you know, life insurance plans, everything. So is that what it actually means when it say pay yourself first? Well, actually, uh, Technicia, I don't know, maybe they kind of um, got something a little mixed up because the Bible speaks of the first fruits meaning whenever the, the very first fruit of the ground came up, that was the best. And so they would sacrifice that to God, the very best of their cattle back in the Old Testament where they sacrificed it to God uh, all of their livestock. They gave God the best. When you, off the top, before I buy a stick of gum, before I spend a penny of my paycheck, I take my tithes and offerings out, the very first thing. That goes to God. God is always first in everything. That's money or anything. There are some people who say, I can't afford to give my tithes and offerings. Well, Malachi 3 says you'll be cursed because you've stolen from God, because it belongs to him. He's told us what to do. The first thing you do, take out your tithes and your offerings, put it to the side. Now, after that, if you have budgeted, for yourself and technician, I can understand. You know, I got to pay my bills. I don't have time to pay myself. I like the $5 rule. Every paycheck, even if you just put $5 in a savings account, and I would suggest getting an online savings account that's way off somewhere that you don't even have a plastic card to access it at an ATM where they just automatically take it out of your checking, out of your check that you get every month. You can say at the 30th of every month, I want you to take this money out of my account and have it somewhere so you can have something for yourself. That's fine. But that comes after God gets his. Then budget. Again, show God what you're doing. Most people, Technicia, they don't have it written down. They don't have it online. They don't have it anywhere. All they know is I got this bill, I'll pay it. I got this bill, I'll pay it. But when you take the time to itemize your bills, this is my income, these are all my bills, this is what I spend in food, this is what I spend in, in uh, gas, this is what I spend in, in clothing, put all of that in a monthly budget. And when you look at it, you say, I'm spending too much. I can do this and save money here for myself. I don't have cable TV. I don't need cable. I don't need to spend $80, $90 for cable. I because I'm sorry? I was going to say, I need to get like 2000 Just cut the cable off. Everybody just watch Netflix. It, exactly. Netflix is only about $8, and then Hulu is only about $8. And Hulu, you can watch a lot of your favorite shows, but it just comes out the next day. I don't care about seeing my favorite show the day after it came out. I was probably busy when it came on anyway. But And that's I'm only... Not- little under $8. Yeah. I do need to yeah. plan better because, you know, by me being a waitress, everything goes on a paycheck. So it's like, uh. So what I do, though, is all my cash chips, I would save them up for so many days till I'm off. And then I say, okay, whatever I have 
uh, time I'm off because I have to include gas and everything. I said, that's what I'm going to put in my account, which I'm going to do today. I put it in the savings account because I think that's a better way for me to budget instead of waiting to the paycheck because I know it's not going to happen with the paycheck the way it's been slow and it's going down. By the time you pay off a bill, it's like, oh, okay, okay, now that bill got that money. So but I do need to start doing that, take out my money for my time. That's why I say I got a lot of changing to do myself. I'm, I'm not perfect, and that's why I don't go around point fingers at everybody else, and people need to stop doing that because the minute you point a finger at somebody else, three of them are always pointing back at you. That means you need to check yourself three times just as sharp. And I don't go, I don't do that. I don't go around, oh, you doing this, you doing that. No, I got my own issues to worry about. That's so, right. That's I understand. And that's the blessing of your talk show, uh, The Bright Side, because you're literally showing people the bright side, and you've humbled yourself to say, this is what I need to do. That's why I'm a teacher. I'm not a blamer. I'm not going to throw blame. I'm not going to criticize. I want to teach you. I don't look at somebody and say, oh, that is a mess. That's a shame before God. No. If I have a greater understanding, then I'm going to help you. If you will allow me to help you, I'd love to share something with you. That is the attitude we need to have. Instead of saying, well, people ain't going to help you, this, that, and other, go to somebody Ask for the help. Or if you have the help that somebody needs, offer it. Don't be so stingy. Offer your time. Offer your help. Give God the glory, and let's have a better life on earth that God has given us. Ooh, amen. A lot of people need that. They, they are very selfish. Some people got, well, I got mad. You're on your own. Like, really? Like, that's kind of cold-hearted. Well, I know that our show <laughs> is almost coming to an end, but this is what I want to ask for my final question. How can we truthfully tell someone that we understand what they're going through if we never even experienced their dilemma? Well, you know, that happens a lot. I, I, I know we're about to close, but just shortly, or briefly rather, I, I was managing a fast food restaurant many years ago, and there was a young lady I asked, do you go to church? And she said, no. And then she started crying because she said she stopped going to church because she had three children, and all of them died at toddler age. And oh. I was like, oh, my goodness. Yes, all three of them died toddler age, toddler ages. And so I was, I was you know, seeing her cry and just go forth, and, and I wanted to console her. So I said, I've never been through anything. I've never even heard of anybody going through something like that. And so I said to her, I understand. And she looked at me through those tears and said, how dare you say you understand? You've never gone through this. And many times we want to console people and help people, and so we say, I understand. But the way we understand is by simply saying, I believe what you said. I understand because I believe every cry, every pain, every time of hurt and memory that you have of that, I believe. So I'm understanding through, your, through believing what you've said. So that is how we can understand when we haven't experienced it. Okay. I, that makes perfect sense because it, it usually is hard, and then you don't always want to say, well, it was God's will and all that because everybody don't want to hear that either because then you're bringing up a whole other subject. Like I just lost somebody. I don't want to hear about his God's will right then and there because that's how I felt when I lost my friend. I don't want to hear, right. oh, he went off. On my mind, I know he's gone to a better place, but I don't want to hear that. Like, you're always trying to find the right words. So, Pastor Shane, I, Pastor Wall, I mean, I really appreciate you for coming on to the show and enlightening us with this great book that will be coming out every one September 22nd, Understanding All Success is Attained by, by Pastor Dr. Shane Wall. So, please, when, when 22nd of this month come, please go out there and purchase it. It's a great book. It's just going to only enlighten you to really just get you. A great understanding of life, and again, thank you, Doctor Wall, for being here on the show with us. Look, I'm thank you so much. Look, no problem. I appreciate it, and just invite everyone to go to understandingnow.com to sign up for the email list and to get the links to purchase the book. And I know it'd be a blessing to you. Thank you so much, Technicia. I appreciate it. You are so welcome. Thank you, and you have a blessed one. You too now. God bless you all. Thank you. 
everyone that was Pastor Wall, um, very insightful man, got a great heart, I tell you. But before we leave off today, you know I have to get my truth for the day from my friend Mary Ellen, which is, I would say tomorrow will attract more positive energy. Note to read before today's truth. You know, you try to stay away from the word positive, using instead the acronym REAL, real enthusiastic about life. Be careful with positivity because the universe, God, keeps you balanced. So when you focus on positive, God or universe must also put you through negativity to keep you balanced. For today, make an exception, and I'm going to make an exception too. When you enjoy an optimistic attitude, new opportunities will come your way. Your positive state of mind is attracting more positive energy. Choose to think positive thoughts no matter what is going on around you. Consciously choose to think positively and affirm that good things are coming your way. This will infuse energy into the formation of your thoughts becoming real. Today, create a sense of joyful anticipation or to attract more opportunities for growth and success. Enjoy the day, everyone. God bless you, and I will see you soon. Thank you for tuning in to The Bright Side with Tanisha. Come back daily from 12 p.m. to 1 p.m. Eastern. God bless.